spring break coming up. There's actually lots, quite a few of us not here this morning um, because of spring break. Lots of folks out of town, um, but I appreciate you spending the morning with us this morning. Many great things happen during this time of year, and uh, I love the the emphasis on Christ and what, what took place back in the day and uh, what He did for us on the cross and in, in rising again. And uh, this morning I want to just kind of go bounce back into Scripture this morning and spend some time um, diving into what it is that God wants from us. And um, the, the title of our message this morning is Choice. And, and really, it's, it's what life's really all about. It's, we all have a choice. We all have a... It's, it's our, we find ourselves doing many things. And sometimes we're grumpy about those things that we have to do, and sometimes we're happy about those things we have to do. But ultimately, it's our choice. You still choose to do it. Well, I have to take the trash out again. No, well, you still choose to do it. Because if you didn't do it, you know how bad the house would smell. Last night, we were, um, the kids brought, or my family brought me dinner here at the building. And, um, we were upstairs eating, and Corbin has a tendency, my youngest has a tendency to, whatever you put in his mouth, he tries to swallow it immediately. And he's got teeth, but he just doesn't choose to use that, right? And so he shoved a big old bite of, of mac and cheese in his mouth and proceeded to try to swallow it. Well, didn't go so well. And um, everything came back up all onto the table right in front of him just blah. and we were all sitting there at the table trying to eat our our baked potato and it was we all kind of just went mm-hmm. tried to take our attention off of what it was well in order to clean up throw up off of a table sometimes it's very difficult but this time it happened to be fairly simple um the kids ran and cameron and colton ran and grabbed a bunch of paper towels and carol went and grabbed the trash can and they just put the paper towels on it and just went right into the trash can. Luckily, the trash can did have a bag, so that's a good thing. But even at the, by the time we got done eating our meal, that trash can had already started to smell, and it started to smell up the whole room. It's disgusting, right? So we chose to take that bag outside. We didn't leave it inside. It was still a choice, though. We could have left it in there. And when Robin went up to prepare Lord's Supper this morning, she would have gone in the room and it would have smelled like throw up, right? Still, we all have a choice. James chapter 4 is where we're going to spend most of our time this morning. So if you've got a Bible, you can work your way there. James chapter 4. We're going to start reading in verse uh, verse 1. The statement I want to make this morning is the compass that we use determines the road that we choose. The road we choose determines the destination that we reach. Let me say that again. The compass we use determines the road we choose. The road we choose determines the destination we will reach. All done. That's it. Um, Let's go to discussion and kids can go to class. Really, that's all I've got to say today. But let me tell you why we're saying those things. Let's just spend a few minutes doing that, all right? In the words of Eleanor Roosevelt, uh, they really ring true. She said, one's philosophy is not best expressed in words. 
It is expressed in the choices one makes. In the long run, we shape our lives and we shape ourselves. The process never ends until we die, and the choices we make are ultimately our responsibility. Pretty true, right? So I need to make uh, just a, a few disclaimers before we dive into this message. I want you to understand that this is not a name it and claim it kind of a sermon. I'm not trying to develop within each of us any sort of dogmatic impressions. I want you to understand that that life with God is a better life. But a life with God will also have its ups and downs, right? Our human perception oftentimes is limited. Understanding and seeing the hand of God is much easier in the rearview mirror. Do you understand what I mean? As we're going through life, if we look back, it's oftentimes easier to see what God has done rather than what God is doing right now. So we have to remember that. Even if you choose right every time, God still will walk through the valleys with you. And sometimes he takes you through the valleys. It happens. Only you understand that the concepts that we'll discuss today uh, will be simplified generalities rather than specific situations. God wants what's best for us, and he will give us what's best for us, even when what's best for us may not seem like it's best to us, right? We may not fully understand what it is that God is doing. You've been there, right? You know how that feels. When it seems like God's got you in a place that's like, no, you really just don't like this spot. But you know that on the other side, things, you'll learn from it, you'll get better from it, you'll be a better person on the other side, right? The Israelites experienced God's will many times. Psalms chapter 106, David explains, he says, Yet how quickly they forgot what he had done. They wouldn't wait for his counsel. In the wilderness, their desires ran wild, testing God's patience in that dry wasteland. So he gave them what they asked for, but he sent a plague along with it. When the Israelites forgot God, he allowed them the consequence of their choice. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. God wants to shower blessing on us. God wants to give us the things that we desire. He enjoys being with us throughout this life. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 37, it says, Say only yes if you mean yes, and no if you mean no. If you say more than yes or no, well, that, that's from the evil one. We need to be cautious about overthinking our choices. Tell God yes, and don't stop telling God yes. Continue to say, yes, Lord. And continue to say no to Satan. David continues to write in Psalms 15, verse 1. He says, Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. Those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep the promises even when it hurts. Those who lend money without charging interest and, can, and who cannot be bribed to lie about the innocent. Such people will stand firm forever. Right choices bring reward. Poor choices, wrong ones, bring consequence. 
So at this point, I need some participation. I mentioned that we're going to the book of James. And the book of James is very close to the back of your Bible. It's a very small book. And uh, if you've got your smartphone or your tablet, it's pretty simple to find the little abbreviation for James. So punch on James. If you're looking in your Bible, flip to the back uh, where James is. And uh, I want you to turn to chapter 4. And we're going to read verses 1 through 10. Let's go to God in word of prayer first. And then I'm, uh, I'm going to have you participate with me for just a bit. Let's look to God. God, thank you so much for allowing us to be together today. And I pray that as we look at these things about choices and about what those choices bring, the misery they bring and the, the joy they bring, God, help us to be able to understand that our choices are really what matters here. That our choices bring the destination that you want for us. God, I pray that you'll bless us now. Give us the strength and courage to apply these things to our lives and make changes in our lives so that we'll be better people when we leave here today. God, take your word and, and use it to, to make us what you want us to be. Please bless us now. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. James chapter 4, 1 through 10. What I want you to do is there's, if there's somebody sitting next to you, I want you to read this passage aloud to them. If you're sitting by yourself, I want you to read this passage out loud to yourself. And so it's going to sound a little funny for a minute because we're all going to be reading at the same time. All right. So if, if you're sitting next to someone, read the first five, chap, five, five chapters, <laughs> first five verses, and then switch and let the other priest person read six through ten. OK, so one of you read one through five and the other one reads six through ten. All right. Or if only one of you wants to read, that's fine, too. Just read it all, all uh, out loud. All right. Are you, are you ready? You know where you're at? You know what you're doing? Give me a give me a nod. Everybody got it? All right, okay, ready set go. It's sounding good. You're doing great. Take your time.
Okay, it sounds like everyone is finished, or for the most part. If you haven't, you can continue, you can continue reading, that's fine. This passage of scripture kind of defined misery for me. Did you know that there's only one state in all of America that loves company? Did you know that? It's misery. Don't people pronounce it that way? Misery. They love company. I think one through five kind of describes misery. It kind of describes, uh, this is just going to be... This is going to be tough. This is going to be a, a, a difficult situation. Uh, we're going to have frustration. We're going to have uh, you know, unanswered prayer. We're going to have conflict. And that's kind of one through five for me. And, and then six through ten kind of describes the other side of it. Kind of describes what it is that, that life really should be for us. Uh, you know, this life of harmony, this life of honor, this life of, of fulfillment and blessing comes uh, in, in six through ten. I like this passage of scripture and I chosen to to bring it to us today uh, so that we can understand it and so that we can avoid misery. How many of you like misery? Not Missouri. How many of you like misery? Just be miserable. Do you like it? I, I really don't. There's just not really much about misery I like. Don't like it. I'd rather do without it. I'd rather just shove it away. I don't like to deal with it. So how do we do this? In order to avoid misery, one, we need to take the path of service. And it says we'll end up in a place of harmony and honor. Look at James um, chapter 4 there in verse 6. You just read it. He says, he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. In verse 10, he says, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. If we want to avoid misery, we need to take a path of service. We need to learn to serve others and learn to serve God. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 3 and 4 says, Let never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Maybe that's why I have to wear a tie every Sunday. It's, it's loyalty and kindness tied around my neck. Maybe that's it. Tie them around in, uh, your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. You know, there's mottos in the world. There is phrases that have come up and have been popular. Uh, one of them was random acts of kindness. You've heard that, right? We as a church have adopted this whole concept of love does. We've been working on that this whole year. Why? What's the point of these ideas, of these concepts? Well, I believe these choices bring positive results. When we love on other people, it shows that we love God. And in turn, they love God as well. They learn to love. This is, this is uh, motivation um, in, in service. And there's, there's all kinds of motivation in service. And sometimes it's like upstairs, we, we wanted to serve uh, and take the garbage can full of throw up outside, right? That piece of service was motivated by what? Well, for one, I didn't want to smell it anymore. And for two, I didn't want somebody else to come in and have to smell it either. 
There's motivation in service. Let me explain this this way. You may have heard this. Self-righteous service comes through human effort. But true service comes from a relationship with God deep inside. Self-righteous service is impressed with the big deal. True service finds it almost impossible to distinguish the small from the large service. Self-righteous service requires external rewards, but true service rests contented in hiddenness. Self-service is, is highly concerned about the results, whereas true service is free of the need to calculate results. Self-righteous service picks and chooses whom to serve, but true service is indiscriminate in its ministry. Self-service is affected by moods and, and whims, but true service ministers simply and faithfully because there is a need. Self-righteous service is temporary, but true service is a lifestyle. Self-righteous service is without sensitivity. It insists on meeting the need even when to do so would be destructive. True service can withhold the service as freely as perform it. Self-righteous service fractures community, whereas true service builds community. Philippians chapter 2, we find a passage of scripture, one of my favorites. Starting in verse 3, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each, each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made not himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance of man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. Jesus Christ gave himself in complete service to us. He held nothing back. He wasn't here for himself. He was here for us. Which makes me wonder, why are we here? Why are you here? What is your purpose? I believe our purpose is to serve others and to serve God. That's why we're here. Choose a path of service. It will lead to harmony and to honor. Secondly, we need to seek God's agenda. And you'll end up with the desires of your heart. James chapter 4 and verse 7, another, a little bit different translation. It says, give yourselves completely to God. Stand against the devil and the devil will run from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. You sinners, clean sin out of your lives. You who are trying to follow God in the world at the same time, make your thinking pure. Be sad, cry, weep, change your laughter into crying, your joy into sadness. Humble yourselves in the Lord's presence and He will honor you. Seeking God's agenda, true honor, the desires of your heart are granted when we humble ourselves. 
Psalms 37 and verse 4, it says, Enjoy serving the Lord, and He will give you what you want. Don't just do it. Enjoy it. Do you enjoy serving God? I do. I love it. It's one of the highest, the highest joys in my life is serving God. And it comes with serving others. Enjoy it. Love serving Him. I like the way Mears says it. She says, Will is the whole man active. I cannot give up my will. I must exercise it. I must will to obey. When God gives a command or a vision of truth, it is never a question of what He will do, but what we will do. To be successful in God's work is to fall in line with His will and do it His way. All that is pleasing to Him is a success. Makes sense, right? If we're following what God wants us to do, if we're within His will, it's going to be successful. We're going to have the desires of our heart because our desires are His desires. And He's always going to follow through with His will. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13, it says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Think you're going to ever run out of, of strength and power and courage to do what God wants? No, you won't. Because this verse promises that He is going to provide us with the power and the strength to do what pleases Him. He grants that strength. He gives that ambition. When we're do, doing what He likes, it's within our ability. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 it says, God will give you all you need from day to day if you live for Him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. Why is it that we seem to never have enough? Never enough time, never enough money, never enough energy. Working our fingers to the bone, in a sense, doesn't get us anywhere. But God says it's putting the church Putting His kingdom at the top of our list is what's going to get us everything that we need. Let's be honest. Can you say that you've thought about the church, served the church, prayed about the church more than anything else this week? Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24 says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. What does God want you to do? What's on His agenda for you to get accomplished this week? Are you watching and listening for where He wants you to go? Misery is avoided when we get outside of ourselves and serve God's agenda. If we choose not to, if we choose to serve ourselves and meet our needs first then you are choosing misery, conflict, frustration, and unanswered prayer. Want what He wants, and you will be satisfied. It's that simple. Seek God's agenda, and He will give you the desires of your heart. And third, lastly, we need to seek and pray for God's will. Very similar to God's agenda, but we need to seek God's will. And we'll end up with God's blessings. James chapter 4 and verse 3 there. It says you ask and don't have. Because you ask with what? With evil intentions. 
to waste it on your own cravings. The objective here is not to receive God's blessing, receiving life from God. The objective here is to seek God's will, enjoy His presence, and the bonus is the blessing. Proverbs 28, 9 says, God has no use for the prayers of people who won't listen to Him. Seeking God, seeking God's will, means listening to Him. Are you listening to God? Proverbs chapter 1, I love this passage, starting in verse 24. He says, I called, but you refused to listen. I held out my hand, but you paid no attention. You did not follow my advice, and you did not listen when I corrected you. So I will laugh when you are in trouble. I will make fun of the disaster that strikes you. When disaster comes over you like a storm, when trouble strikes you like a whirlwind, when pain and trouble overwhelm you, then you will call on me, but I will not answer. You will look for me, but you will not find me. It is because you rejected knowledge and did not choose to respect the Lord. You did not accept my advice and you rejected my correction. So you will get what you deserve. You will get what you planned for others. Fools will die because they refuse to listen. They will be destroyed because they do not care. But those who listen to me will live in safety and be at peace without fear of injury. Misery is found. It's found easily when we ignore the Creator. Creating for ourselves a life outside of Him, calamity will overtake those whose hearts are not in tune with God's. I mentioned earlier that that loving what God loves, taking care of those who can't take care of themselves. Proverbs 21.13 spells it out pretty plainly. It says, Whoever ignores the poor when they cry for help will also cry for help and not be answered. Loving what God loves helps us despise what He despises. Seeking God's will helps us understand what God's all about. Psalm 66 and verse 18, it says, If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened, and He has heard my prayer. God's not listening when we're holding on to sin. John 16 and verse 23, it says, In that day you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. The key to this passage comes with the phrase, anything in my name. God's will. If it's within God's will, He will provide. First Chronicles chapter 4, we find a story of a young man named Jabez. We've heard this story, and, and Jabez is very, uh, very forward with God. He asks for exactly what he needs. He says, oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. Keep me out of misery, right? And what's, what's the verse say? It says, and God granted him his request. Well, that's pretty simple. Well, I'll just be forward with God then, and, and I should have all of my needs granted, right? Now look what it says a little bit above there. He says, he was more honorable than any, any of his brothers. There was honor in his life. And what did we learn give brings honor? Well, 
a life of service, a life of, of, of following God and allowing God's agenda to be part of our lives and allowing our lives to be dictated by God's will. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. We're going to end with this passage of Scripture. It says, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows is, it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes and the torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds bear against the house, it will not collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains come and the floods or the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. What are you building on? Where are you laying your bricks? In a sense, we each wake up in the morning and we lay our bricks, right? We put bricks down where we think that we need to spend our time, where we need to spend our resources, where we need to spend our energy. Where are you building? What foundation are you building on? We were on a sandy beach about a month and a half ago, maybe a month and a week ago, and the kids were building these big, huge castles, and they had them all designed, and they would spend hours on them and guess what the tide would come in and believe it or not it would only take one nice big wave and that beautiful sand castle was demolished two or three wave, waves later you couldn't even tell it was there it was completely gone are you building on the sand or are you building on bedrock are you building on the rock of Jesus Christ? I hope that you're choosing joy and a life of harmony and honor rather than a life of frustration and a life of conflict. Our choices, where we place our bricks each and every day, determines the outcome. I want to read that very first phrase to you again. It's probably on the top of your bulletin. Uh, on the top of your notes there. It says, The compass we use determines the road we choose. The road we choose determines the destination we reach. Do you remember the little cartoon? Well, it was a cartoon. It was probably a, a story first, and then they probably did a couple different movies of it, and then it was a cartoon. Do you remember the cartoon um, Alice in Wonderland? She came to a Spot. There was a scene where she came to a spot in the road and there was arrows and things pointing in all different directions. Do you remember that scene? And that silly little cat comes, appears to her, and starts talking to her. And she asks the cat, well, which way should I go? And the cat responds with something like, well, it depends on where you want to be. Depends on what your destination, what you want your destination to be. And Alice answers, well, I really don't much care what my destination is. And then, with all the wisdom in the world, this silly cat says, well, it doesn't really matter which way you choose that. For me, I care 
where I end up. I, I have a destination in mind. I can see where I want my family to be in 10 years from now, in 20 years from now, in 30 years from now. I can see where I want my family and my church family to spend an eternity. That's why today I'm making choices to seek God's agenda, to serve in every way that I can, and to put His will first place in my life. I hope you're making that same choice. Put your bricks where it matters. Spend your time where it's going to pay off in the long run. Sometimes it's difficult today. Those sandcastles get built really quick. It's sometimes more difficult to carry the bricks and to carry the mortar and to carry the rocks and build a firm foundation. But it's worth it in the long run. God promises it will be. Thank you for your attention, and I hope that there's been a few things that we've shared this morning that can bless your life and uh, and, and, uh, help you make some choices this week.